0: You're listening to Campus Review Radio. What is meant by the buzz phrase creative curriculum? Director of Sydney's Bradfield Senior College, Meredith Melville-Jones, believes it should reconcile the need to measure students' learning progress and teach them life skills they need to thrive in tertiary education and jobs. She also agrees with commentary that we live in a post-ATAR world. I'm education editor James Wells and Meredith joins me to share her insights. The term creative curriculum is a buzz phrase essentially and can be interpreted in many ways. What, what do you mean by it when you use it?
1: Creative curriculum, creativity in education, yes, great buzzwords at the moment, great buzz phrases. Traditionally, I suppose, creative curriculum is positioned more towards um, preschool and primary education uh, and unfortunately that's where it often sits. Um, but for me creative curriculum is about finding ways of injecting creativity into all of our learning. The world is changing uh, since the Industrial Revolution I suppose Uh, creativity has been undervalued, Uh, arts degrees very much undervalued, creative pursuits in in, uh, creative industries very much undervalued but now in the era of technology and and content and so on uh, so many more jobs and so many more industries are demanding creative skills from uh, their workers and uh, I think students need to be more adaptable and free thinking uh, than they than the, the curriculum that we currently work with probably provides opportunity for. So really, uh, it's about finding opportunities uh, within the current the constraints of the current curriculum to, uh, I guess, encourage those pursuits. So if we go back to Bauhaus, Joseph Albers, the way that he approached the teaching of design back in the early 20th century, you know, he very much said that if you apply if you if you do theory before practice if you do uh, research before search uh, that you come out with people who imitate and uh, who don't come out you know contributing to new ideas and new ways of design so I think that approach is very much what we look at here at Bradfield um, and finding opportunities and ways of encouraging thinking outside the curriculum
0: I think it's been largely confined to early learning and primary
1: well, because I think that's—I think there is this misunderstanding of what creativity is. I think there is a—you know—you say creativity, and people envisage Play-Doh and painting and um, and self-expression, those types of really shallow <laughs> type things. And you know, let's make learning fun. And once you get into high school, it can't be fun anymore. It really, can't be. It has to be very academic and very focused and very uh, leading much toward you know towards ATAR and results and so on. Um, and I think that's where the mistake is. I think. Um, too soon that that idea of fun and learning. Um in a creative way uh, is forgotten and mm-hmm. pushed to the to the background in, in in interests of results and in interests of ATAR scores. And obviously
0: a lot of people who create these curriculums aren't very creative themselves. How yep. do you handle that?
1: That's the big challenge. Um, but I think the wonderful thing is, you know, since the, I guess the Ken Robertson TED Talk in 2006, you know, there are, there are many more forums now, many more uh, areas where people are starting to talk about creativity and trying to define what it is. I went to a forum last year. um, that was put on by the Board of Studies where they were looking at assessing the senior years. So they were looking at exactly uh, what were the challenges in the current curriculum uh, and, and the way that we assess we all know that people spit, we you know we spit out a whole lot of students who can answer a three-hour handwritten exam. They have a whole lot of knowledge in their head, but they find difficulty in applying it in different contexts. Uh, so they are already starting to take on the challenge. The board of studies and bringing in experts from ACARA and so on to to start debating. And I think that's what needs to happen. I think there is there was a great debate at the uh, at the forum about how do we measure creativity. How, how can we measure these outcomes? And I was quite amused by that um, because sometimes I think we need to let go of that. Sometimes I think we need to let go of the need to measure absolutely everything. And we need to provide opportunities for students within the constraints of curriculums to or curricula to, to actually um, find ways that they can develop different skills that don't have to be measured.
0: You do have to track a student's learning progress. Of course. Though. How do you reconcile those two concepts together?
1: I'm not an expert in that by any stretch of the imagination and I would certainly defer. And I know there are a lot of discussions happening about that at the moment. You have to measure to the outcomes that are there currently and you have to to measure to those things. And of course, that's what we all do as as principals and as educators, we we all do those things. But I do think we need to be looking at, um, as I said, different ways of injecting creativity that doesn't need to be measured. So for instance, at Bradfield in year 11, we get students from 129 different postcodes so they come to Bradfield new they, don't, they haven't been here previously so we get them all as, as brand new students and uh, there's a certain amount of settling in that needs to happen during year 11 and we have an industry experience program here which is outside the normal curriculum they, they, there's a work placement component to it uh, but that is where we provide a real-world project In Year 11, even with all the the other competing priorities with HSC and so on, this is a small amount of time per week that's dedicated to working on a project where we're developing those other skills of collaboration and communication and and teamwork and so on. And that's the difference. A school like Bradfield is able to do that. So historically we were set up in 1992 as as a model school that sits between TAFE and, and schools and uh, provides the best of those so best of vocational training and best of traditional school training and i think with the increasing need for creativity in the workplace that schools like bradfield are poised to take advantage of those opportunities because we're more flexible we're more adaptable we're able to adapt more quickly and and look at the individual learner very much um, you know which is which is absolutely needed and and to look at ways to develop confidence creativity is about confidence creativity is about having the confidence to have an idea explore that idea find other people who can help collaborate on that idea and bring it to fruition it isn't just about putting a, a, a student in front of a paint board and, and getting them to paint something <laughs> you know there's so much more to it and I think they're the sorts of opportunities that we all need to start embracing and finding and it hurts it's a struggle it, it's a challenge for students and teachers to take on the extra work but what we're seeing is the energy that it creates is quite powerful
0: you did say it was a bit of a struggle for teachers to, to take on the extra work. What role does professional development play in that?
1: Oh, a very big part of that role and, and very big part of the role. So we both obviously invest in professional development outside of what we're doing, uh, but then we find ways of the Seven Twenty Ten model of, of professional development, of learning on the job. So there's a lot of cross-curricular work that, that goes on. Uh, teacher rounds are very much part of what we do at Bradfield, so teachers observing on the teachers and looking at the learning environment in a classroom and observing what's happening in the classroom, not observing the teacher for their teaching, but but observing um, what's happening in the classroom, what is the physical learning environment, what impact is that having on the students. So that goes hand in hand with everything else that we're doing here Um, and without professional development. Some of the teachers, it's so easy to do chalk and talk. It's so easy to stand up in front of a classroom lecture style and and teach things the same old way and taking people out of that comfort zone is difficult, challenging.
0: Yeah. When you're promoting your school how do you get prospective parents to focus on the creativity that Bradford offers rather than an ATAR score?
1: Well we do offer both so we do offer students the ability to get an ATAR, we do op- offer students um, and, and we do have plenty of students who come to us uh, who want to get an ATAR who may have had perhaps physical or mental illness, that that means that they've dropped out of school, and so their primary focus is on getting an academic ATAR. So we certainly offer that, and that's not an issue. I guess what we do is try to communicate all of the other pathways that are now available to students instead of just the ATAR and going straight to university. There are so many more pathways. Universities, as we know, are opening their doors and being flooded with students... Of all sorts of varying levels and abilities, um, university isn't everything. so we we try to show, and i'm really I'm really passionate about this in particular. Um, we really try to show very much that there are alternative pathways to careers, and that in the new world, more and more students are going to university. Thank goodness. This edu- this generation is by far the most educated that we've ever had in history. Fantastic. But going straight from the HSC into university with a high ATAR isn't always the best pathway. So many times we hear from universities that they have their 95.5 ATAR students sitting in their class who have absolutely no design skills or no creative skills or no ability to respond to the university environment outside of the, the fabulous safe confines of the HSC. So, so I think that's what we try to do is, is really explain that there are a whole range of different ways that students can get to their career goals
0: hmm. i believe um greg craven from australian catholic university wrote a similar thing for the australian where we live in a post 8 world and we should probably just get rid of it altogether. would you agree
1: yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I i really do look I, and from personal experience i had a wonderfully compliant academic son who um, lapped up everything that the HSC had to offer, uh, is still studying at the age of 25, and who the ATAR suited perfectly. He, you know, n- no issues whatsoever. I also have another son who is incredibly abstract and creative, uh, who struggled so hard through the HSC and came out the other end disillusioned and flat and restricted and confined. Uh, and that saddens me. I came out of the HSC disillusioned with no creative, in my day, absolutely no creative parts of the HSC whatsoever. I came out very disillusioned, which is probably why I am where I am today, because I don't believe the ATAR is everything. I believe the ATAR is very restricting and and um, stops students from re- really being able to explore their own possibilities to become confident. I think people come out of the HSC anxious <laughs> and... And I think we need to build that confidence in those senior years, and not do it after they leave school.
0: And the university is often very focused on you. You go through one career, going through one career pathway. Whereas you've, I believe, it's seventeen different jobs. You've held?
1: eighteen. I count eighteen. Eighteen. 18. I, I'm, I'm living 18. and breathing Generation Z slash baby boomer. Uh, way before my time. Yeah. I've uh, actually had eighteen jobs in five different industries since I left school, uh, and uh I didn't go straight to university I went straight into the television industry I I saw I went into a television studio when I was doing my HSC and uh felt the buzz and the thrill of being in a television studio and went with that Uh, Very quickly I learned when I got into the television industry at that time being female was against me, uh, strangely, Um, but also too um, I needed a a much higher level of thinking which I knew university was going to offer me so I I went and did my university degree later. But so often in the creative industries in particular you can't just go down one particular pathway, you cannot, there are so many different um, skills that you need and you need to be adaptable and flexible because things change quickly Uh, and so you've got to be lifelong learner you've got to learn to create networks that uh, that assist you in forging a career and uh, you know I've been in I've been in television industry airline industry entertainment industry uh, internet industry retail for a while post-production industry and now education (laughs) Um, and I think what the experience that i had in all of those other industries that i'm now able to bring into education is really valuable uh, In i've got a copy of it here in 1973 i got a copy of Summerhill for a school prize I strangely found this this morning and and just was quite, quite amazed by it uh, so Summerhill was the first democratic free school in the UK uh, well, known, well known of course And I remember reading that as a 13 year old and being absolutely thrilled by the prospect of what that offered. Um, So strange that it took me some 35, 40 years to get into education, because really when I look back that was what I was always intended to do but I love the fact that I've been able to experience and explore a whole range of different industries before coming here, because I think it gives me a different perspective on what education should be.
0: Mm-hmm. The creative curriculum, like universities, you, you say need to offer and schools should, should offer, it would essential to, because job reality is students now, they're not going to be bogged down in one career for a long no, time. No, they're not. Yeah. Is the creative curriculum essential to teaching students that and actually giving them a, a wider set of school skills rather than just a narrow pathway?
1: Absolutely, there's absolutely no question that that's what it's about. Um, What we try to focus on here very much in Year 11 is about self-awareness and about exploring your values, your behavioural values, uh, your lifestyle goals and ambitions as well as obviously your academic skills or your your aptitude for certain uh, areas. What we're bringing into uh, focus more and more is uh, all of the skills like collaboration and and, uh, creative thinking, problem solving, all of those types of skills, so that people can understand how they can adapt and change flexibly. I've had times in my career where I have been completely lost and in a ditch and wondering what on earth I'm going to do next. Uh, Thankfully, I have an inner spirit that (laughs) pushes me and forges me on to discover the next new thing Um, but that's what we need to be teaching our students to have confidence in themselves and and their abilities to really know what their abilities are really know, I'm a big believer in in psychological profiling um, and understanding the tendencies that people have because they do drive you I'm impulsive, I'm abstract, that's what drives me I need to learn to be more logical and rational and all of those things but I know that I will always be abstract and, and if students know that about themselves, that also helps to, to drive to drive their career decisions and to understand what networks they need to build, um, what skills they don't have, and so therefore what they need to bring in for other people to work with. And, and those sorts of skills, sure you learn them when you leave school, but it doesn't hurt when you're dealing with 16, 17 year olds, you know, these are smart, intelligent people who really need to be guided by their teachers to find their way and this is the opportunity to do it, this is the time to do it rather than putting them through these awful competitive um, draining sort of programs that you know spit them out the other end very disillusioned.
0: And also you've got to give them, not just to consider university, there's also a TAFE across the road they should consider for their education. Well,
1: absolutely, and I think the focus, you know, TAFE is constantly modernising and constantly changing the way that they do things. Once again, TAFE has often been undervalued. TAFE has often been, you know, getting a TAFE certificate as opposed to a degree uh, has been undervalued. But in many cases, that's exactly where people need to be. They need to be applying and learning practical skills that they can apply The good thing about TAFE is that it's always had a really strong connection with industry and so therefore you're getting training that is more relevant to what you need outside. So of course university gives you higher order thinking and all of those wonderful things but the good thing about TAFE training is it's much more practical and focused on on the sort of skills that you need when you...
0: Do you think universities need to become more connected with industry?
1: Oh there's no question about it. I think it's happening I think, I think it is happening in my experience that, that I've seen. I think there are more connections with industry. That is absolutely critical. You know, when I went through university, there were no connections with industry at all. It was completely in isolation, a little bubble, academic bubble that, you know, and then you came out with, you know, academic <laughs> thoughts and ideas. I do recall me sitting in, in, in uh, when I was at Qantas, having my degree... Proudly, you know, just being issued, and sitting with my idealistic ways that I have, debating uh, some wonderful thing about the industrial revolution and so on in France, and having a, a group of people looking at me and just saying, "My goodness, where, where is her head at? She's got no idea how to apply this in the real world." And I, I do remember that with great embarrassment and and a small amount of joy. I think universities are connecting with industry. I think they are understanding more and more the importance of involving industry in study. And I think that is going to change. That's going to be where the revolution is, is that um, the workplace will be, or study will be brought more into the workplace as opposed to the other way around. And I think that's where the big growth will be in the future.